You're listening to the Savvy Social Podcast, the show for budding entrepreneurs who want to understand the how and the why of social media marketing. I'm your host, Andrea Jones. Let's get started. Welcome to episode number 54 of the Savvy Social Podcast. Our shows are brought to you by Social Report, which is the world's most complete social media management tool. And it's my tool of choice when it comes to everything from scheduling to management to reporting, all the things on social media. I love using Social Report. And you can try them out for yourself for free for 30 days by heading on over to socialreport.com. And I've got a link in the show notes. Now, Today's episode is with Maggie Frank Shue. Now, Maggie, for those of you who don't know her, is really passionate about helping people, uh, business owners, rediscover their identities away from the kids. And her clients really hire her to give themselves permission to create revenue streams in their business that's not all dollars for hours. She spent her entire career working to get the attention of audiences and move them into action with the written word. So now she's really focused on helping people do that through email marketing. Now in this episode, Maggie and I talk about email marketing, how it really relates to social media and how at the core, it's really all about your messaging. Maggie shares with us how social media really begins with relationships with your clients and the power of a good old DM. You guys know I love DMs both on Instagram and LinkedIn. So you want to tune in for that. Now, before we get started, a little update for the Savvy Social School. We are headed into an amazing month at the school. First off, the price is increasing. I know I've been talking about this for a while, and I want you guys to hop in on this deal before it goes away. So right now, the monthly membership fee is $37 a month. And on August 1st, that goes up to 57 So if you're listening to this before August 1st, you're saving $20 if you join the school. Also starting in August, we have an amazing challenge going on that's really all about growth. It's called the Growth Challenge. And I'm really excited about this because it's something that I think we need uh, a little bit of a refresh. You know, we're at this point in the year where we need to get some social media growth happening, especially before the end of the year. For a lot of us, Q4 is our busiest time. So how can we reignite that? How can we get some engagement back? How can we grow our audience full of new followers? And so the growth challenge is all about that. I want to help increase your confidence, number one, because you've got to have confidence in order for this to work. Um, I also want to help you create comment-worthy social media posts. So how do we get people to say something after we've shared something on social media? And again, really to grow your audience, but not just with anybody. We're really focusing in on growing an audience of action takers. These are the people who will comment. These are the people who will like. These are the people who respond to your stories, and these are the people who will ultimately buy your product or service or listen to your podcast, watch your YouTube videos, all of that good stuff. So you want to join the school now while the price is low, and then you will automatically get added into our growth challenge for August. All right. Thanks uh, for hanging out with me today. Really excited for the interview with Maggie. So let's just dive right in. Hey, Maggie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. 
Yeah, I'm really excited because I love your story and I love what you do. So let's let's start at the beginning. How did you get into email marketing? Like what was the journey to get there? Sure. So I like to say that I have always been focused on um, seizing attention of audiences and moving them to action through the written word. That's kind of the through line I see in my career. So I started out in journalism when I uh, graduated college, um, even before I graduated. And I really wanted to work in magazines in New York. Um, so I went to Columbia School of Journalism um, to get my master's. And then I stayed in New York and I worked at magazines. Um, and that Magazines are, anyway, just to, usually I move on from this because it's, it, you know, it, it was several steps until I got to where I am now, but it's the interesting thing about magazines is that they are very um, curated for a certain type of audience member. So really similar to how we build audiences now, how I do for my clients, like understanding your avatar, you know, or real people in your audience, like what do they have in common? Why do they come to you? Who are they? you know, and what, what's their lifestyle like and all those like psychographics. That's something that magazines were really all about back in the day. <laughs> That's what I really loved about magazines. They're, each magazine is sort of, it's for a certain type of person. And so um, I really felt that when I worked at Gourmet, that was one of the first ones I worked for. And um, that was definitely like a certain, yeah, what's the word I'm looking for? A certain attitude mm -hmm. in their audience, a certain... Um, just way certain niche, certain slice of their slice of people. Um, and then um, I also worked at, I worked at Martha Stewart weddings for a little while. Um, I did all, I did like copy editing and fact checking at these magazines. So the career path on that didn't feel that open to me and magazines and print was dying or it's, it's I don't know if it's dying. It seems like it's kind of, it's dying. It's, it's sprouting off into different ways. But so I decided to move to the web. Um, I worked for a startup that created videos and I did the scripts. Um, I did a bunch of different things, but at that startup, I got a lot of, um, experience with marketing because you have to do everything at a startup um, when you know it, it, it's like they don't hire enough people and they have all these things they want to do and everybody's so excited and I loved that atmosphere I love like the exploration and the curiosity and people were so excited to be at work and um, so that's how that's kind of what I connect with marketing and then I did social media um, stuff marketing <laughs> um, and I, I built uh, an audience for a new website at the time called understood.org, uh, an audience of parents. Um, and that audience grew really big on social media and highly contributed to the traffic that went to that site. And in our first year, we were at a million unique visitors a month. Um, a lot of that traffic came from social media. And so that's how I got a deeper understanding of social. Um, and then went off to become kind of a freelancer consultant. I didn't really know what I was going to do when I quit my job at Understood. I just uh, quit for a lot of reasons. You can ask me questions about that. I had a baby and there were other things going on. I really wanted to just pursue something that I wanted to do. And I knew a lot about social media. So I started there. Um, but when I started working with, and I started working with bloggers because it was, um, I wanted to work with people who are creating content the way I had it understood. Um, and under, they understood, no pun intended, how to kind of, you know, the relationship between their content and attracting their audience to them. And then when I started working with bloggers, I found that email marketing was really 
um, powerful for them because they already knew how to attract an audience that's seizing the attention part, but they didn't know how to um, move that audience to action. <laughs> um, which for most, you know, for a lot of businesses means get them to buy something, get them to make the decision to take the next step with you. Um, and email marketing is really, really key uh, to doing that. And I loved the results I was getting when I first started working with bloggers. So I just cut out all the, I thought I had to do all the things, you know, from beginning to end social media and marketing plan and email and ads and all this. And it just was I, it was better for me to hone in on one piece of that because I could really do it well and um, make money for my clients. So that for me was email. Um, and that's where I've been focused since probably since uh, the end of 2016. Uh, yeah, the end. Was that the answer? Yeah, was no, that, that's great. <laughs> no, I think that's perfect because there is an evolution there between wanting to start your own thing, leaning on your past experiences to get started. So you started with social media, you know, leaning on your experience from understood, leaning on your experience from your other copywriting days mm -hmm. and, you know, starting there. And then you saw a need for what your clients were asking for and you pivoted and you adjusted to that. I think that's really important to highlight because sometimes we kind of pigeonhole ourselves into like, no, this is what we have to do. Yeah. I know I did that for myself too uh, mm -hmm. when I first started. And then even years later, like I grew up my business to be an agency and we had 40 mm. clients and team and all of this stuff. And I was like, I don't like this. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's a combination of, um, you know, giving the market what it's asking for, but also doing things that you actually enjoy working on. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. <laughs> so totally fair. Um, so I want to talk about your business um, now. So email marketing. Do you find your clients through social media, or what is the relationship between um, kind of your clients and social media? And I know we talked a little bit about this beforehand, so I kind of know where you're going. Yeah, with it, a couple. Of, yeah, a couple of different ways to answer that. So for me personally, yes, I do find clients through social media. I, I guess like I don't like to say it that way because I don't. Um, what I don't do is DM people and, you know, when they follow me with like some kind of verbal vomit about how happy I am, they follow me and here's a link to look at all my stuff and me, me, me. So I don't do that because that doesn't work and it's uh, gross. I don't use bots to make myself look like I have more followers. So, but I do use social media to find clients. That is true. So the way that I use it is what I told you before was to, before we started recording was to, is to build relationships or just begin relationships begin really. So, um, again, that kind of goes back to what I said about it. Social media is really great for getting attention, but for actually getting people to make, take the next step with you. I think for me, because I'm a client based business for the most part, I don't really sell anything online yet. Um, I don't need that many people. I don't need hundreds of people to say yes to me. So, but I do kind of need to be out there. Right. So, um, so that's what I, I use it for. So, and I use it a couple of different ways actually. So I am behind the scenes, direct messaging people on Instagram all the time, but I'm not direct messaging them offers. I'm just going like, if I have like a genuine connection to them, I'm direct messaging them. Hey, like, so, uh, cause I work with moms, right. And um, that's my specialty. That's my really, my area of focus. And so I usually have a non-business connection to a lot of people who could use my help. So I'll usually start with that, you know, 
if especially like sometimes people in store Instagram stories will be like, I need a recommendation, moms specifically, I need a recommendation for this and that, DM me. So that's like inviting me to get to know them. So those are really good ones. So that's a way I love using DMs, but not in a sleazy way um, or not in, I'm basically open to the possibilities. Like maybe I'll hire them for something or maybe we'll never exchange money, but we will uh, be friends or maybe we'll collaborate or, you know, where we combine, you know, we go in front of each other's audiences, all kinds of ways to, that a relationship can develop, but you can't really know unless you reach out initially. So I use it for that. And I use LinkedIn kind of the same, the direct message feature in LinkedIn. Um, so that's a big way that I use social media. And then publicly, so um, uh, like what I post, um, I'm really, really, uh, so like I said, the mom thing, I am really fiercely <laughs> about um, mothers reclaiming their identity after having their babies um, through their businesses, if they want. So, so because um, a lot of the commonalities I see in, I work with moms who have very young kids, like zero to five. And I have zero, I have two kids who are, one's four and one's one and a half. And um, so I'm really, really passionate about helping mothers reclaim their identity or find it again or whatever um, through building their businesses um, or coming back to their own businesses if they had them before they had kids. Um, Cause I think that's really key. I'm just meeting even at, at the alt summit where you and I were last week, I'm meeting so many moms all the time who feel like they have to parent as, a, as though they don't have a business and run their businesses as though they don't have kids, which is I'm paraphrasing a line from a really good book called forget having it all. Um, but um, so anyway, so not to get too far down a rabbit hole, but, but so all that stuff's really, I'm really passionate about. It's not necessarily directly connected to my business. Um, although, Sometimes, so the way I attract some people is through talking about these things and then it turns out we can do business together, but it's not really, they're not really, they're not, you know, it's not really a, a shtick. It's not really a shtick. The, the <laughs> stuff I care about, like around mom's identity um, and sort of uh, how businesses can be, our, our businesses can be um, fulfilling to us and energizing instead of like another drain on our time and our happiness. Um, all that stuff I'm really excited about and passionate about. So that's usually what I share about on social. So I want to talk a little bit about that um, deeper for what you talk about on social media, because I think it's important to highlight the fact that you speak to the pain points that mothers are having and your services just happen to be one of the solutions to that. Right. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about what, um, like, your posting strategy looks like or what the types of content that you share? Because uh, I think that could be like, I love that strategy because it's really, you're attracting the right people because mm. if you start talking just like, um, you know, I help you with email marketing. Like you're going to get so many different people who may not mm. be a good fit. And right. so you're starting with, you know, that, that pain point that the mom is having and That's then true. your services is the next step, which is brilliant. So can you tell us a little bit about what, what your posts look like? Oh, I'm happy you think it's brilliant because it's really, um, so it came out of necessity, really, that <laughs> this whole thing is like, I feel compelled to talk about this stuff in public and I'm experiencing it, you know, um, right now, um, all this stuff, all this just identity stuff and, you know, the issues around childcare, just, I could go on and on. So, um, 
that to me was more important to be talking about to be having a conversation. So I think about even though social can be really one way, just like email can, you know, I look at my comments, like, so I'm trying to foment a conversation. I want things that people want to like go like, oh, well, not for me. I love it when people are like, oh, well, I don't agree with you at all. Because then I know I've like taken a stand, you know, because there's something that people can push against. Um, so, and it just was really important to me to, to be part, there is a larger conversation going on in social media about these motherhood issues, um, especially zero to five before your kids get into school, because you have so much to juggle, um, or you decide to um, do childcare and that's really expensive. So you still have so much to juggle. And so, um, so yeah, so it was really important for me to get in on that conversation. The strategy behind it, like kind of, I worked with someone actually named Anna, Layman, L-A-M-A-N, um, who she kind of helped me because when I came to her, I was just like, I care about these two things a lot. <laughs> like, I really care about email and I really care about motherhood and feminism and they don't really seem to have anything to do with each other. And she helped me figure out like some of the links, like what I said about your business being able to feed your spirit instead of drain you and um, how I can help with that through email marketing, like you said. So that helps me a little bit with um, the through line sometimes, and then sometimes I'll just write about email. Sometimes I'll have like a really good conversation with a client and I'll be like, I have to tell people about this. So usually like my content strategy, I'm sure there's like way more um, sophisticated ones. Cause my content strategy is I have to tell people, about I have to tell everybody about this. They're going to love it. I mean, the one thing I keep in mind is like you said, my audience is really particular. Like I know who I'm talking to. Um, and I don't care about, so, I mean, cause my first couple years in business, I, I really edited myself on social. Um, I want, I would worry about if anything was going to offend anybody. And so it was boring. Nobody looked at it. It wasn't engaging. And um, yeah. And then I stopped doing that because I was just like, I don't like, I think Anna also was like the catalyst. She was like, you want those people to walk away. Those people who are like, Oh, this, this is really on appealing to me like good <laughs> they're not gonna buy from you they're not gonna tell people about you so yeah just okay they're and like maybe some people will you know people will hate I hate follow people on social like I'm like oh but your content's so good when somebody has like a really specific opinion it's really powerful whether you agree with it every single time or not so I'm not saying like I just want a bunch of minions to follow me who think exactly like I think, which is really a big problem as we know with Facebook and stuff um, that you just see what, you know, people will say things that you already believe and that's, you're in a bubble. But, but I do, I want people who really care about these issues or have really big opinions about them, either about email marketing or about this motherhood and feminism. Um, anyway, so that, I mean, my stra so my strategy is to post consistently <laughs> at least once a week, which is not that much, but that's what I can manage. Um, I spend a lot of time in stories because um, they're really, I'm, I have a really engaged following there. Um, and then, uh, and then I follow up an email. So I usually have a theme for the week and I repurpose a blog post. So I'll email it. I'll create an Insta story out of it. I'll create a LinkedIn post. So that's another, probably like the only thing I could say is strategic is like, I only do one sort of topic for the week <laughs> topics. And then, um, I repurpose it like in every single channel. Um, and then in stories, stories are very much more off the cuff. 
like what I'm, what's like, I'm documenting, like Gary, v, Gary V would say document, don't create. So I'm just like picking up my phone and going like, Oh my God, this is absurd. Everybody has to look at this. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much. Um, and then the, the strategy in terms of like m turning that into paying clients is who is coming toward me? Like who's commenting, who's DMing me and telling me, I love that. And then I'll start, then it's the same thing that I just said at the beginning. It's like, I'll DM them back and we'll just see what's going on, you know? And then eventually, tomato, tomato, we get on the phone, something may or may not happen. So that's kind of how the strategy is um, connected to me as a one-on-one -on -one service provider. Yeah, no, I think, I know you said it wasn't sophisticated, but I think simple works. And I'm like a huge advocate of doing what you can and spending time where it makes sense. So for you, um, you know, that you, you said, I think you said you create when you, you like, you literally want to tell them, you're like, oh my God, I got to get this out there. Right. I think those are sometimes the most powerful posts. And even if you only can do that once a week, I think that's fantastic because you're showing up and you're delivering consistently to the level that you can and then you're spending the rest of your time in dms like yes right. please i wish more people would do that and post less because i think sometimes we spend too much time like stressing over content only for it to get seen by you know so many people and then we get bummed out about that or whatever and really the power is in the conversation right and so that that's where you're taking it with both your content and your stories, which I love. Um, and I want to talk a little bit more about that. So sure. when you are um, creating your stories, I love that you said you're documenting your life. Now, some people um, struggle with that a little bit. So mm. can you give some advice maybe to some moms out there, especially with kids? Like, do you show your kids? Do you not? And like, where's your lines as far as privacy goes when you're like in this documentation? Mode? Oh, great question. That's a pretty easy one for me. Um, because I am, so I'm 38. So I was born in 1981. So I am not, you know, a millennial or I'm a millennial, I guess, technically, but I'm not, a, I'm not like, I remember a time before I had a phone in my hand and, or a computer even. And so I am real, it's really easy for me to not um, document all, all kinds of aspects of my life. What I'm looking for. Um, so I learned this. I actually went to social media marketing world. This was like two years ago, I think already. And Snapchat was so big which is basically what stories is, right? And so now, and so there, a guy got up and I was like, I didn't know anything about Snapchat. And I was like, oh God, I'm too old. I finally don't know. I can't learn this one. And, but so a guy was talking about it and I went in and he said that they are stories. And I don't know if stories even existed yet, but he said, in other words, every frame, like there should be a cliffhanger at the end of each frame so that people keep watching. Like that really stuck with me as a, journal, as a form of journalist, right? How do you keep people reading? That's something that you think about all the time when you're reporting, you know, that all the important information goes to the top, like just how you organize information that I've, I've always thought about that in throughout my career. And so that really stuck with me. So when I'm doing a story, I will try, I will try to do that. So I'll try to walk around, uh, no, not walk around. I'm, I never look for them. They always come to me. Right. So, and I, that's different than my content. My content, I do plan out in advance because I don't want to be like waking up that morning being like, I don't know what to write. You know, that's horrible. But stories, I just like kind of let them cut to me. But, um, I always try to think like, you know, I have, like, I have a certain sense of humor and what would make this funnier. So if like, what I want to tell people is like, like yesterday I had, I got, 
my, one of my stories was the fact that I got two emails. So yesterday was April Fool's. I got two emails that I thought were April Fool's jokes, but they were actually true because they were so absurd. But so I didn't say that in the first frame. Like I was like, so I got this email. Like I tried to make it like more mysterious where I was like, you know, it was about essential oils and kale or whatever. And I, you know, I try to make, like, I try to lead it up to, so it was an April Fool's joke. No, it wasn't. So like surprises, twists, like any, I look for stuff like that all the time. Um, and then as far as like, I just think that's so important to think about, like instead of, cause so many stories are so boring. Cause they're just like, you know, I live in San Diego. I could just go to the beach and it's the sunset and the waves. It's like, no, I like, no, it's, I don't want to do like, and it's not my brand really to do like, um, a picture postcard all the time. Um, so I think that's ways to keep like, to make stories funny and exciting. And I, people watch my stories. So I feel like I'm doing a good job there. Um, but the thing you asked about privacy. So do I show my kids? I do show my kids once in a while, but like, um, gosh, I never show them like in any, anything that would be embarrassing for them. Even, even though like my one and a half year old, he's obviously, he doesn't get embarrassed. They don't really have the potential to get embarrassed right now. But I just kind of think like, what would I want? Like I can talk about them really, you know, my brand is for mothers and like, it's not really about kids. It's not about how we parent. It's, there's no advice. It's about us. It's for us. Um, and so it's pretty easy for me to not have to bring like to show them things or even tell them I can tell them, Oh, you know, I, we went through a thing where everybody had the flu for like, or everybody had, was ill. That's like a thing that mothers universally have to deal with, especially when you work for yourself. How do you handle all that? And so I might've talked about that, but like, you know, they do so many things that where like I take video and that's like for our family and I would never share um, because, but I, but I don't care about, I do, I will show their faces and actually like my brand, my photos, like for my website and stuff, they're in, both my kids are in their, fo in the photos because my whole brand is about, you know, finding freedom through your, finding your identity through your business as a mom. So I felt like it was really appropriate for them to be in the photos. Um, they're, but they're po like professional photos and stuff, but, um, but yeah, I think like there's so, um, the one, and one more thing I'll say about that is there's so much pressure on the mothers who follow me, like the types of moms, who, well, really all moms, all moms. I don't know why I said to like make the right decisions around these things. And like, um, I think it's fine. Just do, <laughs> just do what makes, what feels right. And then like, you know, if it turns out it was a mistake, then stop stop sharing so much or stop sharing so much as they grow up, they're going to tell you they don't want, or they're going to tell you what you, what they want. And then you should respect what they say. But like, I kind of like, I don't want to shame other moms if they do like show their kids a lot in their, in their social, because that's their decision. And like, also like I have a client who, who, you know, she does do parenting advice and she uses her kid, but it's very like, it's like physical activities and stuff. It's not really like about emotional too much, but she shows her kids a lot and she understands why she's doing it. And like, there's nothing, I just don't think it's like such a terrible thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cause there was recently a story in the Atlantic. I didn't read it. I only saw the headline, but it was something like, 
you know, from the perspective of a teenager and she had been in one of these families that's like a YouTube family. And she was like, I don't have social media accounts anymore because like my fam, like I feel so overexposed. There's so much stuff of me online that I didn't put up and I didn't read the article. So I don't really know what she said, but that's what I heard it said. But, um, but, and that's controversial and I feel for her, but, um, but I also think like, you know, a lot of the moms I knew were like panicking and taking down their baby photos. And I was just like, I don't know. I like to, I make decisions based on, I just, I trust myself about that kind of stuff. Okay. That's enough said. Yeah. No, I think that's a really great thing to point out is that you've got to do what feels good for you and what you like your own comfort level. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got students who don't even want to show themselves on Instagram stories. There's so right. much you can do. You don't have to like point the camera at your face all the right. time, you know? Right, right, right. Um, but on the flip side, I have some students who are very comfortable with that. And if you are, go for it. So it really just right. depends on your comfort level. I think, I think it's the same for kids. I think like my major issue with social media is that you know that tension between this like everything I post is so difference between like I want to be knowable I don't want to be vulnerable that I got that from her name's um her last name is Finlayson Fife I think it's Jennifer Finlayson Fife she said um she said that and so I want people to feel like they can get to know me through my social media but I don't want to be um exposed in a way that makes it, that's really kind of inappropriate for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that, that's kind of hits the nail on the head. So you can get to know me. Um, but if you're going to have a real relationship with me, we're going to, we're going to be talking in an ongoing way. It's social media is not really, so that's, I think that, um, I think I'm a little scared for like my kids generation that they're not going to have any experience of what life was like before these tools existed because, um, because I really separate, like my life is, exists in a certain, it's just like totally different from what's going on on social media. Social media is just snapshots of certain moments, but, um, but yeah, so I think that I'm, I don't quite kind of know the answer. Do you have kids? No, I don't have kids. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. I think like, as we look at these ki- like, you know, 10, 11, 12 year old kids, a little older than mine, like they just don't, like they don't, they don't have that separation. I don't know what that will mean as yeah. adults. Well, I have a niece and a nephew and I know like they can, you know, they're six and three, they can go on YouTube and find their videos and, you know, they know mm. how to work technology at such a young age, which is mm. so fascinating to me. But also I'm curious because now we're going to get, you know, the next generation of people who've never lived without that sort of technology. So it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully great things will come from it. I'm going to try to stay mm. positive yeah. <laughs> um, because there yeah. could be some really fascinating, you know, advancements in history. Right. Because of it. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's great. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, so before we wrap up, I know that email marketing is kind of like your um, zone of genius. So um, we, can you talk a little bit about how social media and email marketing work together? Sure. Um, sure. So I think that, let's see. So social media, I mean, I look at mostly for my clients, social media is a lead generation tool, right? If they're selling something online. So what I mean by that is you find someone on social media you find like one of my clients on social media and then hopefully she is inviting you to join her list. Right. So that, so it's a subscriber generating tool. Um, I think what I like about social media. Um, so like if you don't buy ads, right. Is that, or the, 
I'm, I won't call it a limitation, maybe the difference. So social media reaches who it reaches, right? Like your posts reach who they reach. Like there's the algorithm on both Facebook and Instagram. There's, um, so the fact that you, you just won't reach all your people no matter what, unless you buy, even if you buy an ad. Um, and then the fact that you cannot segment, right? So if you are promoting anything, um, but let's say promoting a product or promoting like a launch or an open cart, uh, people who've already bought will get that post too, right? You can't really segment them out. In email, that's what I really work on in, or that's what I really uh, set, you know, do for my clients is uh, offer a way for them to personalize their emails so that emails don't feel so spammy because email marketing and spam are synonymous, right? Emails that come that are marketing emails and spam are synonymous and I want them to not be. <laughs> so, um, and we do that through, um, you know, everyone gets like kind of an initial set of emails, but then they, you know, um, the audience member, like the subscriber self identifies herself in different ways. And so she may say like, you know, so she may say, I'm really interested in these types of products, but not these types of products. That's it's something that Facebook does too, actually, right? But but we can do it in a manual way, um, and then she'll only get emailed about certain types of either products or content. Um, and the more that we can get that right, the more she's going to be like, "Oh, I love this person because she always sends me things I'm interested in." Um, starts clicking on those emails more. So every all the email, like I said, email marketing is spam unless it's really like, unless you're really excited, like you're like, Oh my God, yes, I, I actually need that. Or I need to learn more about that. Um, and so what I'm working on is helping my clients make sure their emails are more relevant and more personalized so that, um, they don't get ignored. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I think it's very important to have both elements where I like what you said at the beginning where social media is the beginning of the relationship mm -hmm. and then email marketing takes it just a step further. So right. I really, I really like that. Um, and I know you've got a program called email marketing sweet spot. Can you tell us about that program? Oh, sure. So, um, that is my group program. Um, that is like a done with you, um, six months. Um, and basically it is for women who are one-on-one, -on -one um, service providers. So they may be, um, you know, just anything where you have one-on-one -on -one clients. Um, I've got like a, actually a woman who works with high school students to help them with their college applications. I've got, um, a travel agent. I've got all kinds of people like that. And they have, they want to create a new stream of income through offering an online product. So a course, or it's usually a course or a membership of their own. And we figure out, how they can create a funnel. So it's just an automated evergreen funnel um, so that they can go from, you know, signing someone up as a subscriber to selling them the online product without it being kind of like nobody bought it. <laughs> they usually they come to me when they've already tried and nobody bought it. And does that mean nobody wants it? Does that mean they did something wrong? Um, so we go, we, kind of go from the beginning and reset that up and figure out what to do if nobody's buying and figure out um, kind of how to create a relationship with their subscribers in ways that they haven't really thought about. So yeah, so that's a program where um, I do a new lesson every other week. We meet, so there's a, an accountability piece people really love called Mom Cave. 
Uh, you don't have to be a mom to be in the program, but um, it is called Mom Cave. So we all meet on Zoom every Wednesday for 45 minutes, and we just work on that week's assignment. Um, and everybody's at different places. The program is rolling enrollment, so everybody's at different places in the program. You get Voxer access to me to kind of know exactly how to what to do next um, in the program every week. And then, but the final product is you have your um, your evergreen funnel, and it should be working and it should be making sales for you by the end of the six months if you do all the things I I uh, instruct. So yeah, so I love it. It's great. Um, I I love having a relationship with people I keep it pretty small so I can talk to everybody and um, you can find out more about it at maggiefrankshoe.com. Perfect. And I'll put the link to that in the show notes. You guys go check it out. And uh, where else can we connect with you online? So definitely Instagram, maggiefrankhsu is where I'm at. Um, I love, you know, and DM me if you heard me through this because I'll DM you back. I love uh, meeting people there. Um, and like I said, I do start relationships there. It doesn't mean I'm going to sell you anything, but I will like be like, Oh, where are you from? And I'll want to get to know you. Um, and then I'm also on, I'm everywhere. I'm on Facebook and I'm on LinkedIn as well, but I love Instagram. That's really where I hang out. Fantastic. So I'll put those links in the show notes as well. Thanks so much, Maggie, for giving us so much information today. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Savvy Social Podcast. For links and everything we talked about, please check out the show notes by visiting SavvySocialPodcast.com. And don't be afraid to continue the conversation. I'd love to have you inside of the Facebook group. You can search for us on Facebook or simply go to SavvySocialCrew.com. See you there. Bye for now.